What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Hey, What You Watching, the weekly podcast where Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 53, 20th Century Podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Kirion, and with me as usual is... Hey, it's your co-host, Marcelo Pico. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing well. Uh, it's been a good day. I'm well-rested. Uh, I'm staring at a cartoon dog. Everything is great. <laughs> for, for a new listener to the show, uh, Matt has a dog that uh, is cartoonish in manner, right? He, yes, he, he is. He ate your sandwich once. Yes, and, and then later that day, he ate my favorite hat. Yeah, so, so <laughs> this is a real nothing dog. but adventure. This is not a Marmaduke. This is a real, real, real dog. Oh, he's, he's far smaller than Marmaduke. Yeah, but I mean in character, because isn't Marmaduke uh, kind of what you'd imagine a cartoon dog, right? Yes, exactly. Or yeah. a Scooby-Doo character. Or a Scooby-Doo, uh, yes, a Scooby-Doo. And, and today, actually, we had another cartoon moment. Uh, I took him for a walk outside, and he pulled me down a hill, and I slid <laughs> down the hill. Uh, yes, so this is... So that was fun times. Good you times. Are, you're not living in a cartoon, Matt. This is real life. Am I? Am I? No, I think it is a cartoon. Um, it, if, if it was a cartoon, we wouldn't be concerned about nuclear war. Um, I think that would be... Uh... I'm not. <laughs> you should be. Anyway. I, hear that's a, I hear that's a quick death. <laughs> so why should uh, I be concerned, Marcelo? I hope so. Um... I hope so. Let's not talk about nu- let's, let's let's not delve into nuclear death in this episode for once. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay. Why don't we say, hey, you know, we've uh, like Matt said, he had a good day. I've had a good day. I'm I'm also well rested. I'm trying to get over this this kind of like fever I've been uh, close to having for the last week or so. Um, but now it's a nice sunny day. Uh, in Austin, um, I haven't checked the temperature yet, but it's nowhere near like the 29 degrees it was like a few days ago. Oh, poor you! Uh, hey, Matt, uh, I'd like to see you survive through the 120 degree summers we have here. So I'd love, I'd love it. <laughs> I hate you. It's um, a dry heat, yes. Yeah, I'm in Austin. You're in New Jersey. How cold is it in, in New Jersey right now? Uh, let's see. Well, this morning it was 12 degrees, and uh, <laughs> right now it is uh, 32 degrees. Yeah, it was, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you should be here during the summer, Marcelo. It's uh, a good time. I, so I, I, so I, nice and humid and disgusting that you have to, like, swim outside. It's wonderful. Please, what are your highs during the summer? Uh, usually around ninety, but it feels like oh, 90. But it feels like one hundred and eighty. I wish it was uh, a high of ninety in Austin. I'm trying to explain Jeez. to you that you you have a dry heat uh, in Austin. You keep saying that. I don't know. I don't know if you know if that. I don't know if you know what that means. Okay. I do. I've been. I've been to Nevada. It's a dry heat. You've never been to Austin. Yeah, uh, but it's not like humid and and moist. You keep saying that. I don't think you know. I don't think that's true. I don't think that you you you, you, you just don't know. It's not. You were born here. You should know these things. I was born in New Jersey. Yes. Um, you were. I'm not going to prove it to you, Matt. I'm not going to show you my birth certificate. So I demand it. No. Um, you, you you keep saying that you're going to be president one day. So. No, um, Jesus. <laughs> Anyway, that's good banter. I think that's good banter for the show. We, sure, why not? <laughs> segment done. It's always a struggle talking to you, Matt. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're, we're we're deep into the new year. Deep. We're like two weeks in. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're ten days in. <laughs> 
um, uh, uh, I mean, we. Oh, I'll, let me talk to you about the website. I'm talking to the audience. Uh, uh, I mean, we've been publishing our top ten lists on TalkFromSociety.com, so check out those. Uh, I mean, Matt, yours is coming up pretty soon. Uh, mm-hmm. um, probably in, in like two weeks, maybe. We'll see. I would think so. Yes. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're catching up on on films uh, yes. to, to build your list. I'm sure we'll be talking about some of your recent watches, rewatches concerning your top ten. Uh, as I look at the list, which we'll talk about in a bit. Anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, go to the website and yeah, uh, look at those top tens. Uh, we have a few of them. Yeah, and check them out. They're sure. good times. Yeah, they're good times. So that's done. Okay, moving on. What? <laughs> <laughs> Checking off the boxes. Okay. Checking off the boxes. Matt, okay, here's the part of the show where we tell the people listening what they're in store for. Even though we don't really tell them because it's a riddle corner where I give riddles about what we're going to be watching this week. Well, this week we're going to uh, fly through outer space with Terry Malick. And then we're going to hang out with Amy Adams and some weird giant uh, octopus aliens. Then we're going to get caught in a room. That may be a certain color. And then we're going to hang out with Nicolas Cage because something got stolen. No, we're not. It's another movie. Uh, and then we're going to uh, get, go on property that we're not supposed to be on. And then we're going to hang out with Chris, Christopher Plummer for about uh, an hour and a half. And then we're going to go to McDonald's and find those golden arches. That makes sense, right? And then we're going to watch Nicolas Cage eat a dog, because that was a movie that happened. And then we're going to owe someone a whole lot of money. And then we're going to fake the moon landing. And then we're going to hang out with Annette Benning. Awesome. That's the show. Um, again, I, I say this almost every time that you do this, Matt. It's like we have a contempt for our for our listeners um, in that we don't tell them what we're going to be discussing. So they have to figure it out for themselves. I think it's fun. You think it's fun? <laughs> Um, but if you want to know, look at the iTunes or, or you know description that's in the little box you're listening through, uh, uh, listeners. I mean, it's there in the description. All the that's cheating. <laughs> and anyway. honestly, I don't think a lot of them can read. <laughs> See, we don't like the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Uh, anyway, oh, uh, thanks to um, Matt. You have to remind me of who made the art for the for our uh, for our podcast uh, cover now. Uh, Conrad, uh, say again. Conrad, so, I'm sorry, you're cutting out. Say it one more time. I don't want to say it again. <laughs> you you seriously <laughs> cut out when you were saying it those two times. So I don't know who it is, but thank you to that person for making that new art. It's on the website. It's on SoundCloud. It's on iTunes. Uh, check it out in celebration his, of our 50 episodes so yeah his name thanks. his name is Donald Conrad and he's a peach I got it that time Donald Conrad there you go thank you Donald um, okay so that's that that check that box off uh, <laughs> now it's time for the guest introduction portion of the show Matt yes you uh, booked this guest I'm excited uh, when you told me who it was and we also have to thank uh, our mutual friend Rocky for helping us out here um, Matt who's the guest this week this week uh, we have um, one of Twitter's funniest human beings uh, his name is uh, he's always good with a with a sensible chuckle his name is Will Goss how are you sir I'm good. Thanks for having me, gents. Thank you, Will. I'm glad to have you on. Uh, yes, as Matt was saying, uh, you are a funny person on Twitter. So, <laughs> uh, thank you for being that. You, you make me laugh. Yeah. 
you're welcome. It's a, <laughs> hopefully, it's a it's a it's a dry enough heat for you on there. <laughs> yeah, okay. oh, yeah. We we should also say. I mean, Will, you're from Austin as well, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's I've I, I haven't been living here all my life. I've been living in Texas for most of my life. Um, but when Matt just just plays it off as, oh, you guys have a dry heat. I mean, it's it's still fucking like 120 degrees, you know, uh, humidity or not. So fuck you, Matt. Um, I'm, I'm torn to say. because I, I grew up in Florida, and so that's severely humid. And so it's coming gross. here, it doesn't seem so bad. But I have friends who will visit from L.A., and they're like, oh, Austin's so humid and nasty. And it's like, just go to Houston, which is on the coast. You know, yeah. drive about two and a half hours east and uh, let me know how that feels. I, I grew up in uh, near Galveston by the coast. And okay. that was terrible. Um, and, and, living, <laughs> and living in Austin, and then I moved to San Antonio, and now I'm in Austin. It's still pretty bad. I don't like the heat, I guess is my point. Um, I need to move to, like, a colder climate, maybe, eventually. Um, anyway, so that's, I mean, okay, weather portion of the show done. <laughs> maybe Ooh. Matthew should have, like, a seasonal exchange program. It'll be like yeah. a holiday. It'll be great. <laughs> Um, but uh, I mean, Matt. Yeah, let's let's switch places for a bit. Uh, like See how that for, goes. <laughs> you, Matt, you will enjoy the draft houses we have here. We have like five, I think six, maybe at, at one point this year. And I'll enjoy Matt's uh, New Jersey. And what do you guys? Have? <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna do the full on swap. Uh, I'm gonna be doing your job down there in in, in Austin, and you'll be doing my job here. So no, <laughs> yes, you're gonna be a waiter. It's gonna be yeah, awesome. And don't you have like three? jobs you, you, I have two. Oh, it seems like you have three. I do. <sighs> one of them one of them is uh, talkfilmsociety.com. <laughs> and I, I, I only say that as a compliment because you seem like you're working all the time and I am, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I I'm going to school and doing videography, so I have it a tiny bit. I'll do easier. those. I'll do those for you. <laughs> it's not that We're gonna bad. swap for a couple weeks. It'll be fun. Uh, anyway. You just um, swap your pets, dogs, kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh Everything. god. I don't want your Marmaduke dog, Matt. It's that seems like Oh, <laughs> uh, he's adorable, don't worry. Uh, okay. Um more on that in a future episode. Um <laughs> that'll be when we run out of ideas and we, we do that. We'll even we'll even swap spouses. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll take Carlo, and you take my loneliness. How about that? Okay. <laughs> um, Will, thanks for coming on. <laughs> no problem. Um, Matt, it's time for the show. It's time for the show. It is the show. It's time for that part of the show where, where we get to know our guest. Yeah, the part uh, that I like to call Get to Know You, where we get to know our guest, make sure they're a human being and not some robot sent from the future to destroy us all. All right. Will, are you ready to get known? Yes. The robot thing worries me. Like, I feel like it's 2017. It should be cool if I happen to be a robot. I don't want to, like, push an agenda here. We'll see how this goes, then. <laughs> All right, with a tortoise. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, uh, what is the first movie you ever remember seeing in a theater? Uh, the first movie I remember seeing in a theater might also be the first one I ever walked out of. Um, when I was about five, my family was stationed on an Air Force base in Okinawa, Japan, and they had a movie theater on base. Uh, I remember my dad taking me to see the Danny DeVito drama Jack the Bear, and oh, God. I don't remember much about it except that as a five-year-old, apparently I was so restless and annoying that we ended up leaving the theater because I was that obnoxious kid who, you know, couldn't stop wondering why the hell we were sitting through uh, 
some Danny DeVito single parenting drama. I think I've seen this movie. It's from like 92, 93. And- yeah, I don't think I was five years old when I saw it, but I definitely think I've seen this movie. Uh, it, it, it's not ringing any bells. What's the name of it again? It's called Jack the Bear. Jack the Bear. No idea. You got yeah, me it's there. It's got Dana DeVito and uh, Gary Sinise back when he was a thing. <laughs> Isn't he on like a CSI? Isn't he still making money? That got canceled years ago, man. Oh, man. Reese Witherspoon's in it. What? Julia Louis Dreyfus. Little little baby Reese Witherspoon. Man, that's he's he's googling it right now. <laughs> oh, he's like, I, need, I need to make sure this is a real movie. <laughs> Bear Julia Louis Dreyfus. Let's see. <laughs> oh God, you don't want those results. Oh no. Um, uh, Marcelo, do you have a question? Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> how about this? I always come up with these on the fly, and usually, um. I am good at him. Um, oh, uh, well, since it's the end of the year, people have already or are making their top tens from last year. Um, you don't have to be uh, specific about it, but you just uh, name off your number one or one of your favorite films from last year. I, I worry that I might be uh, prematurely stepping on our own toes, but I, I did see Arrival again last week, and after four viewings, I guess that that will have to <laughs> suffice for a number one of the year. Otherwise, I haven't quite sorted my list. I've got like a vague idea of what ranks, but uh, there's still a few things I want to catch up with, and I feel like procrastination has gotten to the better of me to where now it looks like I'm doing due diligence, but really I've just been lazy. Yeah, it's it, that, that's another point. I mean, uh, catching up on all these movies before making lists, and then, like me, I've already written mine, but it still feels like I, I could have seen like, you know, 50 more to... to, to make a better list because the one I missed that I wish I had seen was uh, Tony Erdman uh, yeah. which, which I hear was fantastic uh, I know it's made like this top ten list from um, uh, our mutual friend Rocky I think that was on his list and I also believe was it Rob Matt that had it on his list too it was Rob's number one yeah it was Rob's number one um, but yeah uh, I for sure have to see that. have you seen Tony Erdman Will Oh uh, yeah, I, I was able to catch it at Fantastic Fest here a few months back, and I really enjoyed it. I do. I am part of the camp that does think that it's a two and a half hour running time maybe holds it back from greatness for me. But there are certainly so many sublime moments, and this general uh, a very well fleshed out um, parental relationship that we don't see a lot of, as well as being a pretty sharp satire of capitalism. And it's the kind of thing that you don't, you know, it doesn't come around every day like this crowd pleasing. You know, German satire of capitalism, but uh, I think it has a you know, it, it has a lot of merits. I, I just think that it's maybe just just shy of you know cracking the top ten for me. Uh, there we go, uh, Matt. Let me ask you something. I have not seen Tony Erdman, no. Uh, and also, <laughs> what's what's a film or some films that you still need to see before making your top ten? Uh, Silence. Oh, that's right. And, and you said that might be playing at your local theater this uh, weekend? I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, I need to see that, and I need to see The Handmaiden. So oh, those, are, yeah. those are two biggins. That one for sure. I, I love The Handmaiden. That one made my top ten. Um, I know. Yeah. Yeah, you... <laughs> I saw it. I read it. <laughs> I'm just informing the listeners. I mean, yes, that made my top ten. That for sure needs to be seen, I think, uh, before anybody can make theirs. Um, that's just me saying it. I, I love it. Uh, but I'll, yeah. second, I'll second you there. I think it's pretty there you go. 
Yeah, it is an exceptional film. Uh, hey, Matt, you have another question? Uh, yeah, real quick. Uh, this might be a fun one. Uh, Will, name one movie that when you were a child you dragged your parents to see. Oh, dragged my parents to see. Like, oh, I want to see this movie. I want to see this movie. And they didn't really want to go, but they went eventually anyway. Um, I, I hope this qualifies. Uh, we were so impatient. My, my little brother and I were so impatient the week opening weekend of the Lost World Jurassic Park that we had our grandma take us during the day while our dad was at work because we were too impatient to wait to <laughs> see it with him that night. And so my grandma was sitting there watching, you know, a Jurassic Park sequel that she couldn't have cared less about just because <laughs> we couldn't bear to wait a few more hours to go see it with our dad properly. Now the real question is, did you go again with your dad later that night? No, I think he was uh, frustrated with us, but at that point it was like, well, <laughs> never mind, they've, they've seen it. What's the point? Marcelo, do you have an answer? Um, I mean, the earliest, I mean, speaking of Jurassic Park, um, uh, the, the first one I really pressured my parents to see on VHS. Uh, I mean, like, when I was growing up, we didn't really go to theater at all. It wasn't until, like, I was a teenager um, when I went to go to theater. And, yeah, I, I was at the, the the rental shop, and I was like, hey, we need to see this movie. It, it's Jurassic Park. I heard it's good. They're like, nah, we're not going to rent that. And I nah, really, dinosaurs weren't real. <laughs> <laughs> I, re, I remember just really just hammering it home to them that we need to see this movie, and they they eventually rented it. And uh, the rest is history. And that's nice. it. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, God. I, I really wanted to see it. And then I remember walking out of the theater and my dad going, that movie was terrible. And I agreed with him. <laughs> Matt, you just you just opened up like a memory I kept suppressed for all these years. I took I, I took my parents to see Mortal Kombat Annihilation. See, we really are the perfect match. And that was a terrible experience. Same goes with uh, the Mummy sequel with Brendan Fraser. The Mummy Returns. Uh, yeah, the Mummy Returns. Same same deal. I I took them to see that, and that was terrible. You mean the one with the boat? With the boat? Oh, no. Let's not get into this. <laughs> this is an in-joke from, like, 10 episodes ago. Yeah, okay. Try, like, 25 episodes ago. Was it that long? I should. <laughs> yeah, I, should... I watched those mummy movies over the summer, so it was a while ago. I should write this down, because I'm, I'm still... I still want to build that clip show, so I'm going to write down... Yeah, we got to get our mummy argument up here. Look up m past mummy argument. Okay. <laughs> uh, fans of the show will be excited about this mention. All right. <clears throat> Breakfast tacos. Okay, uh, on with the show. <laughs> on with the show. Segment done. I think we got to know Will. Yes, Will. I, I believe Will is a real person. I do, too. He's passed the test. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> let's continue on with this voyage. Voyage. Oh, time. that's a good segue. Uh, I guess. Uh, <laughs> first film we'll be discussing is Voyage of Time. Ooh. Uh, I saw this... Uh, in IMAX. Uh, they're playing it at the Bob Bullock IMAX Theater in Austin. And I decided oh. to see this before a rewatch of Rogue One. Um, which, Rogue One, which uh, I'm, I, uh, I, th I think it'd be best I don't talk about it again. So, uh, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Voyage of Time, though. Uh, 40 minutes. That's the length of the IMAX version. And if you don't know, there's like a theatrical version uh, that's feature length. Uh, it's 90 minutes. I'm reading. Uh, and then there's also an IMAX, uh, or not IMAX, it's maybe, I, I, I read that it's also showing in like 
in, uh, in classic theaters, in, in regular theaters. There's a ultra widescreen version um, that that was screening, I think, in October or November. I don't know. But yeah, there are three versions of this out there. And I saw the 40-minute IMAX, like full full frame IMAX version. Um, and I was pleasantly blown away by it. It's it's what you'd expect from an IMAX documentary, like Nature Doc, uh, directed by Terrence Malick. Um, has Brad Pitt narration, classic Malick written narration. Uh, <laughs> narration that uh, the audience I was with, uh, I heard two patrons just making fun of it. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, they were saying, oh, I could have written that shitty script. Which, I mean, it's... it's of course it's, they could have. Because <laughs> why not? It, it's it's what you'd expect from from a Malik narration, though. It's it's well, beautiful, yeah. but not it. You know, it's it's schmaltzy because it's it's Malik. I mean, how can it not be? Yeah, he uh, believes in himself so yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and visually, it's yeah. Seeing it in full IMAX, which I highly recommend anybody does if it's if it's playing around you in IMAX theaters, because I, I think at this point only like nature, you know, IMAX theaters like not not nature, uh, ni- nature. Science Museum. So, That's what I'm thinking. So, of. <laughs> so maybe maybe if I go to the Liberty Science Center, I could check exactly. out exactly time. Science okay. centers, museums uh, that have IMAX screens. I'm sure they're playing this daily. Um, so yeah, it's it's well worth it. Uh, I would love to see the the feature length 90 minute version whenever that's released. Uh, that has Cape like Blanchett. Yeah, yeah, that has Cape Blanchett. Uh, Will, uh, Will, have you managed to see that version? Oh, I've I've not. I believe that only played at Toronto or maybe Venice. But it seems that their strategy is to to show the forty minute one, and I think hope that it qualifies for best documentary short subject, and then maybe use that as a leverage to put the ninety minute hmm. one in regular theaters. Because I don't think the MPAA allows two separate versions of the same film in theaters at the same time. Ah, uh, see that I did not know. So. That's. Uh, I, I hope that happens. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's a beautiful looking documentary. Um, don't expect much story because it is <laughs> it is it is a nature documentary uh, in essence. Uh, with that, you know, classic Malik uh, sort of freewheeling uh, narration uh, throughout. So yeah, well worth it. Um, absolutely, and and yeah, that that's Voyage of Time. Let's 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 do another Malik round, like we like we occasionally do on the show. Uh, uh, Will, uh, are you a fan of Mr. Terrence Malik? Um, less so lately than I have been in the past, which probably makes me a bad film nerd. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I I really like Badlands and Days of Heaven, and I need to revisit Thin Red Line because. I feel like since I was about 11 or 12 when it came out and coming on the heels of Saving Private Ryan, it definitely wasn't the kind of war movie I was expecting or excited for. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of mixed on the new world and then uh, genuinely kind of bored and frustrated by To the Wonder and Knight of Cups. So uh, I feel like unless people really rally behind his next one or unless I get really stoned for this Voyage of Time thing, <laughs> I think that, uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like uh, everyone gets defensive about how it's like, well, Malik's going to do his thing. And I fully respect his um, commitment to a certain aesthetic and majesty and patience that we don't see in a lot of films today. But I just don't know that I find all of his efforts equally compelling. Maybe in part because he can turn them around so quickly now. Uh, Matt, what about you? I like Terrence Malick. What? <laughs> I know, crazy, right? Uh, I mean, 
I like most of his movies. I just I'm I'm not a fan of Days of Heaven. So that's me. Yeah, that's I'm that you. I'm that guy. You're that you're that guy. <laughs> I'm that prick. Yeah. I, I I've yet to see Knight of Cups, which is It's pretty good. It's pretty good because I've I've heard, you know, like Will was mentioning. I mean, it's it has its detractors. I mean, at, at this point, it's kind of love him or hate him, um, or or admire what he's doing, but not really get into the flow of his movies. But I, I'm still intrigued about Night of Cups. I I, I feel better missing it in theaters, um, and I'm very much looking forward to his next one, Song to Song, which they recently uh, changed the name of. Well, what, what was it previous? Weightless was that Weightless? What it was? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think this week they announced, or sorry, last week they announced that uh, it's it's debuting at uh, South by Southwest, right? It's the opening film, correct? Song and then to song, it'll be yeah. Out in limited release, like two weeks later, right? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, we have that one to look forward to, and we have. I uh, I'm looking up on Wikipedia, and Wikipedia never lies. Uh, his his, <laughs> next, his next one is scheduled for uh, 2018. Uh, he's just so, on yeah. a tear. Yeah, he's he's just pushing him out. So I think he's I think he's just making up for that twenty year gap where <laughs> right. he didn't make movies, and he's like, you know, I gotta I gotta make like twenty movies. I gotta fill in each of those years. So yeah. hey, he'll probably do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good on him on on, uh, on that front. I d- I need to rewatch a lot of his movies for sure. Uh, the Thin Red Line, like I like a lot, but I don't really love. So I I need to revisit it for sure. And each time I see two, uh, each time I see uh, the New World, I love it more and more. Uh-huh. So yeah, uh, Malik, uh, Malik, interesting topic around these film circles. <laughs> he's uh, he's something else. He's something. Is he? Is he? Yeah, he's something else. I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I think he's something else. Yeah, and apparently he he roams around Austin. Uh, just wanders. Is wanders. Around. <laughs> you're gonna bump into him one day. You know that. I'm right? sure. I'm sure I will. Um, you're gonna be I, out. You're gonna be out for a breakfast taco, and he'll just you know look at you and be like, "Hey, what are that? What is that?" You'll be like, "It's a breakfast taco," and then he'll 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 take a little bite. He'll take a nibble, and then he'll run off into the bushes. <laughs> I want that to happen. I mean, if, <laughs> God, I hope it does. Uh, that that would be the perfect Malik experience. <laughs> you just uh, okay. see that hat like poking out of the bushes. <laughs> I remember when um, when they were shooting Song to Song um, at, I think, ACL or Fun 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 Fest or one of the music festivals around here a few years ago, they had a live stream on stage of the bands performing, and I just remember looking at this, like, fuzzy blob with a vaguely white hattish shape on top, and I'm like, that's Terrence Malick right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I, a, I, a Bigfoot photo, but, you know, standing behind Michael yeah. Fassbender or Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I, I, I remember getting the new that he was shooting some stuff at uh, one of those festivals and I was like I'm just like minutes away from Terrence Malick right now like I kind of know where he is so why don't I just drive just down gone. there yeah I kind of had that thought it's like why don't I just drive down there and just, just see him Cause he's why like, don't be a gate crasher and just do it he's like Bigfoot at this point uh, <laughs> our, our film Twitter's Bigfoot uh, okay so that was Voyage of Time what a voyage that was now let's arrive to some other topic 
with the rifle. <laughs> Another oh, Jesus. voyage of time. If you Another can. voyage of time. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. That's a much yes. better... That's a much better good Much better segue. <laughs> Will, Will, could you write our segue segues from now on? Like, for each and every show, each and every episode. Just sure, come sure. in and write them. <laughs> I'll, I'll check my schedule. I'll have my people get in touch with your people. <laughs> oh, Thank fantastic. Uh, Arrival. Uh, I mean, Will, you were mentioning this earlier. You saw this yet again. Uh, talk about Arrival. Um, yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of it. Uh, I saw it first at, at, at Fantastic Fest where it was the opening night uh, selection, and then later when it was released, and then most recently with as just as a rewatch with friends who had seen it and, and two visiting friends who hadn't, and um, just everything kind of lined up where it's like, yeah, that's still playing. I want to see it one more time on the big screen. And uh, I'm still very impressed with it as, as, a, as a deeply, uh, unflinchingly nerdy... Um, sci-fi movie as, as a very interesting take on, I think, the way we watch movies and the way that it changes how we think about the messages we're receiving, and I think Amy Adams is stellar in it. I think it's a phenomenal adaptation of the original short story by Ted Chiang, which I read after the fact and was very impressed by how they took a very threadbare concept and fleshed it out into a substantial two-hour movie. And I just think it's the, the craft of it in terms of cinematography to score to everything is uh, top-notch. And the fact that it's proceeded to find like a, uh, an audience of appreciative um, moviegoers is just very heartening and I think means that hopefully more high-concept fare like this can you know work its way through the system. Oh yeah, um, I but in, a, but in a good way. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely in a good way. I I've seen this twice. Um, I would love to see it again. It it, it made my top ten. Speaking of top tens from earlier, um, it's my it's my favorite script tied with um, the Handmaiden. Uh, it I, I the second time I saw it was like real like mind opening for me uh, because as much as I loved it the first time, it really hit me. Like, like much. It really hit me more the second time, and I and and by like the the final act, I was like up in my, up in my seat. And this is the, this was the second movie. I was up up in my seat again, and just like really into like the unraveling right. of of uh, of the plot, like the the final reveals. And yeah, it's it's testament to the scripts, to the direction, to the performances. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, are you a fan of Revival? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Just want to make sure. Uh, spoil, spoiler for when I publish my top ten, it's probably in the top five. Oh. Maybe the top three. Oh. Oh. Maybe number two. I don't know. Who knows? We don't. Exclusive. We don't know yet. Hey, cast yeah. exclusive. Yeah, just I mean, said uh, you liked it. Calling it number two seems a little, a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's really, really freaking good. Uh, I think I told this story uh, in the theater. Uh, in the theater, uh, when I first saw it, uh, it was one of those movies where the entire audience was quiet. Uh, and these are like people that are, you know, like stupid ass teenagers who, you know, employ things like theater mode on their phones. No. Uh, but they were completely silent. No, no speaking at all. And there were so many gasps during the movie. And it got a full round of applause at the end when those credits rolled. Like, this is not an, uh, a film that I thought would really hit uh, in this part of, you know, New Jersey. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those great science fiction movies. Uh, I've also said this before, but, I mean, it seems like every ten years we get, like, one of the best sci-fi films. I mean, this is up there with uh, Children of Men for, like, how 
how good it is for like this decade. Like I do think it's the best science fiction of uh, of this decade. It's it's just terrific. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, this is a memory I, I pushed out of my mind. Uh, remember, remember this, Matt? I told the story of like me first seeing it, and that drunk guy beside me kind of ruining. Oh, that asshole! Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch! I'm glad I saw it again. It's okay. He's dead now. <laughs> From alcohol poisoning, I hope. Um, <clears throat> but yes, yeah, I, <laughs> let's go with that. Uh, suffice it to say, I think yeah, it does help. Uh, rewatches do help this movie absolutely um, because uh, the, the, there may have been like from I'll just take just me personally for me first time seeing it there may have been like too much uh, information coming at you maybe uh, it, it, it not all of it hit but the second time like boom it it, it, it it kind of locked in and really cemented itself in my favorite films of the year from 2016 and I I was, I was comparing this to Inception the first time I talked about it I I, I compare it to that in terms of like uh, what science fiction, what fantasy, what, whatever you want to call it, like these uh, creating this new world, world building, yeah. world building. That's that's a phrase. Uh, creating that, um, or, or, or being so well at that that it really engulfs the audience. So yeah, I, I love this movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I really want to. I also I want to do what Will did. I really want to read that short story. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's well worth it. You can see how the structure is there, and it um, alternates in perspective. And I feel like a lot of the emotional resonance is there, but a lot of the details are different, and there's uh, almost an entire absence of conflict in it. And so, in wow. hindsight, as as a as something to pitch and then produce and then get made, and not just get made, but get made exceedingly well, it really feels like that much more of a, of a feat. And is that short story available online? Um, I'm not sure. I do know it is uh, packaged in a book that's uh, – the short story is called Story of Your Life, and then the collection of short stories is called Stories of Your Life Yeah. Um, and by, by author Ted Chiang. And I, I read all the other ones, and they are equally worth reading because they are, are uh, intellectually compelling, and they also all have a similar emotional underpinning to all of them that kind of sideswipes you. Well, I uh, I got that book for my father for Christmas, so I will definitely be borrowing that later tonight. <laughs> uh, that's our first entry in the uh, Haycast uh, Book of the Month Club. So there you yes. go. Pick, pick that book up. <laughs> Give a uh, hoot. Read a book. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, transition into Green Room. Matt. <laughs> that, was, that was a very robotic uh, segue. I think we need to put you under uh, Get to Know You one day. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, I finally rewatched Green Room twice this week. Twice? <laughs> uh, yeah, I had uh, I had watched it on, uh, you know, Sunday, and then I watched it again a couple days later. So, what of it? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is actually one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, I guess we're on a, on a roll with those with this episode. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I really love this. Um, what I noticed is um, the first time I saw this, I really like a lot of other people, latched on to uh, Anton Yelchin and Imogen Poots with their uh, lead roles here. Uh, but this time, I really latched on to Patrick Stewart and Macon Blair in that really strange, uh, like, father-son uh, type relationship that they have. Uh, they have really have a good rapport in this. Uh, but you can tell that he's kind of like the son that doesn't want to hang out with dad anymore. 
uh, he he might have uh, might have gotten some different ideas than what you know his father is thinking. Uh, not to say that it's his actual father, but y- you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, I really love this thing. Uh, I love how quick the violence hits and. It doesn't re- it doesn't linger on it any more than it has to. It uh, someone will get attacked and they'll show the quick attack and the aftermath, and that's it. There's no lingering. Uh, it's I mean you know that the, the the violence is there. It's real, but there's no need to glorify it. And I think that's what I really love about this thing. Uh, and plus everything else about it is great. I mean this is a gorgeous film. It has my favorite shot in a movie in 2016. It's that slow motion mosh pit. Uh, I still think that is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen uh, in a movie. Uh, I'm a big fan of this director from what I've seen. I mean I've only seen this and Blue Ruin uh, but he's someone that I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, for the rest of his career. Uh, he has cemented that uh, with me. Uh, both of you have seen this, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Will, uh, why don't you go first? Uh, uh, give us your take on Green Room. I mean, I'm very tempted to just say ditto and then in turn to <laughs> you. Because, uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I was a huge fan of Blue Ruin, and I really, really like uh, a Green Room quite a bit. Um, I think Jeremy Solanier is on an awesome career track. And uh, his first film, Murder Party, is fun. It's certainly kind of scrappy. It feels like it has to be qualified where it's like, for a first film, it's pretty fun, but then it makes the leap between that and Blue Ruin and and to Green Room all the more uh, remarkable and impressive. And yeah, Green Room really just feels like the kind of pulpy B-movie that's so well-considered that it really elevates it above its station from the performances to the direction and cinematography and... And when you rewatch it, you can pick up these little cues in the relationships and also just the sort of, um, I think, overbearing tragedy of it. Like, I feel like even if you don't like um, the uh, the skinheads, because they're skinheads, uh, you can yeah. see that they feel like <laughs> they were just going about their day, and this is the thing that threw a wrench into Patrick Stewart's plans, and yeah, yes. there's a, certainly a, quad, uh, a paternal quality you spoke to um, that you can see why he has that magnetism as an authority figure, and so rarely does he need to even raise his voice as this threatening figure, largely on the other side of a door from these characters, which is something that Yelchin refers to when they finally meet face-to-face at the end. Um, and yeah, I just think it, you know, it moves like a shot and it just feels very, very, um, intense and, and kind of perversely funny. And, um, yeah, I really can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah. And I, speaking to what you said, how he doesn't even have to raise his voice. I think that's why Patrick Stewart is so scary in this. He doesn't raise his voice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll just say ditto to both of your points. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. No. <laughs> what we're trying to say is uh, Green Room's pretty good, folks. It is, absolutely. Um, it's on Amazon Prime Video, yes. uh, I believe. And, and, uh, and what I, real quick, what I will say is uh, I knew that uh, you were a big fan of um, Blue Ruin, Will, because uh, after I watched Green Room, I went into my closet and I got that Blue Ruin Blu-ray and your name is on the back of it. <laughs> yes, afraid so. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, and I and I do agree that the violence is unfailingly nasty. 
That's true. Both both Blue Ruin and uh, I feel like I'm a pretty hard uh, to rattle with on-screen violence. Like usually, I'll acknowledge it or, or even kind of uh, admire it in a warped way. But uh, both those movies made me yeah. make noises out loud, and I felt like I had to immediately apologize uh-huh. just for having this visceral effect of just like oh shit. And it's like oh you know it's okay to have that from movies sometimes. It's actually kind of yeah. impressive. Sometimes a movie can get to you like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm a fan of Blue Ruin, and uh, I'm just agreeing with you guys. <laughs> I'm I'm like, also a big uh, big fan of Blue Ruin. Yeah, uh, I'm also a, a big fan of Blue Ruin, Matt. Oh wow, I'm also a big fan of Buzz from Home Alone in, in Blue Ruin. Buzz from what, Buzz from Home Alone? What? He's yeah, he's in Blue Ruin. Hooks him up with the with the guns. Oh what? Okay. Yeah, that was a that was a good year for him. I mean, he did that, and I think he did Nebraska, Nebraska. the same year. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I'm I'm very happy that he you know gets small parts still. Like yeah. I'm very happy for that. That makes me that pleases me. Well, that's awesome. And you and you uh, called out Macon Blair in particular, the lead from um, Blue Ruin, who's yes. in the room. And um, his directorial debut is at Sundance in just a matter of weeks. I believe it's one of the opening oh, selections. Wow. And uh, it, it's called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. And uh, it's got a really good cast. And just the fact that it's it, that he's stepped behind the camera makes me very curious and excited because if, if he follows in that same kind of uh, tone and trajectory then um, I'll certainly be there day one I won't actually be at Sundance this year but I'll be there as soon as I can possibly see it in the realm of Austin yeah that uh, I was actually looking at that movie just doing some research and, and came upon that uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore long title but I'm sure it'll be good uh, it great, has that's a great title yeah <laughs> It has like some of my favorite people on it, like Elijah Wood and uh, Melanie Linsky, who I've always loved. So yeah, I, I can't wait to see it. I, I hope it makes uh, big waves uh, in Sundance this year. Uh, I hope it steals the show. Unlike Stolen. Stolen, <laughs> uh, Stolen is a film uh, I saw yesterday. Um, is it a film? Oh, man. Um, or is it just a flick? Let me just give... It yeah, it's it's a movie in the worst sense of the word. It's um, a movie. I I watched this. Uh, Not the Nicolas Cage version, mind. No, right? yeah, l- yeah. There was some confusion on Twitter last night when I said I'm watching Stolen. Some people, yes. they some both people have thought, Josh Lucas in them, though. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> he must have a thing for that. <laughs> Uh, this is not the Nicolas Cage, uh, Simon West uh, directed film. It's not the Taken with Cage, right? No, it's, it's not uh, Cagegan. It's uh, <laughs> it's Stolen. Uh, originally titled Stolen Lives, uh, then IFC okay. IFC acquired it and uh, just named it Stolen. Uh, sure, drop the lives sounds better. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, from two thousand nine. Only reason I watched it is because, is because Jessica Chastain is is is, uh, is in it, and I'm writing a uh, little something on Jessica Chastain, so I had to see this. And um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, she's in it for five minutes. Oh, uh, then you could have just stopped watching. Well, she was in it for two minutes in the first thirty minutes, and then two and a half, and then the the the, the, the remaining three minutes at the end of the movie. So. Um, what is this movie about? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I was I was looking it up, and uh, I can tell you when the lead, uh, one of the first credited people is Rona Mitra, the the fake Kate Beckinsale from the Underworld prequel. Is that when that's your lead, you have a problem. 
mean, the actual leads are John Hamm and Josh Lucas. And James Vanderbeek. And James Vanderbeek. They got all the J's. Jessica, <laughs> Joanna Cassidy, Jimmy Bennett. Uh, the the directors and producers, I think, for the Jays. Um, oh, Jesus. But John Hamm plays a cop who loses his son, uh, and uh, they uncover a body that he thinks is his lost son, but is actually uh, somebody who died years, decades ago. Then Jesus. Th- the story flashes back to Josh Lucas um, and his family as they're trying to, trying to survive uh, in the late 50s. Um, and he, his son is the one who gets murdered. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a back and forth between those two timelines. And there's so there is so much talent in this, Matt. As much as you want to, you know, make fun, John Hamm, Josh Lucas, like they're I mean, they're great people, right? You know, it, d- 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 depending on what they're in, you know, more John Hamm than Josh Lucas. I mean, Jessica yeah. Chastain, Jessica Chastain is in it for five, for five minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, this this, but the movie's not good at all. It's it's it, there's a it's not really a fun good any uh, either. You know, not so bad. It's good. Just so bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's just bad. Terribly Oof. written. Um, there's a paper mache head of a dead kid, which is the <laughs> most. <laughs> bizarre thing I've seen in a movie in, in, in recent times and yeah James Vanderbeek this is going to be a spoiler for those of you who want to see Stolen James Vanderbeek plays the villain oh, and, oh no what and at the very end Dawson. of the movie at the very end of the movie uh, he, uh, he is an, he is in a old age makeup and it looks terrible. It looks like um, is it like um, I was going to say Future Two? No, no, no. Um, it looks like uh, Dan Aykroyd in that one movie. What's what, nothing what but trouble? It? Nothing but trouble. <laughs> oh no! Now, you, now I want to see this. <laughs> Don't do um, this to me. <laughs> so yeah. That's stolen. Um, I like that you can presume that he's the bad guy because he's the only actor on IMDb who's credited under two different character names. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wait a second, Dawson has a secret. Yeah. And it's very it, it's, and he's obviously the villain. They they try to make it a mystery, and then like the mystery is revealed, like eh, like the audience, everybody goes, "Of course it was you." Like it, 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 there's like nobody else who it could have been. Come on, look at you. You're so evil looking, Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, stolen. I had to seek it out because I had to watch you know these early Chastain movies. Is she good in it at least for the five <sighs> minutes she's in? Ah, uh, uh, I yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> oh damn! Uh, uh, I mean, she's before her little renaissance year because it was in 2011. Was suddenly it was like she was in like five movies in one year in a big way, and before that, it was probably just like, oh well, you know, this will pay the bills. Yeah, and and actually, and Matt, I know you scheduled this for later, but I'll go ahead and talk about it now. Uh, I saw the debt. Uh, you oh, know, okay, a few hours later, the, this is the movie that I was supposed to see in theaters uh, but my car broke down and I wasn't able to go <laughs> true story true story uh, the the debt is act it's kind of similar to stolen um, it's it jumps between two timelines uh, and Chastain in both movies uh, she plays a key role in in the past timeline in each story yes um, and I will say that that is like a hundred times better than stolen. I've uh, heard it's good. It's 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 good. It's not. She like, plays she plays young Helen Mirren. Yes. 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 Um, okay. They, Which is kind of cool. 
they are spies. They they uh, they try to, well. They attempt to capture this Nazi war criminal, and uh, yeah, it uh, it becomes more complicated from there when these uh, these young agents go in and, and try to get this guy. So it's Jessica Chastain, Sam Worthington, and Martin Scoffs Sokoffs. I think it's Sokoffs. Sokos, yes. Uh, you would know his face if you saw it. Um, brilliant character actor, I think. Uh, yeah, these three are the young versions of uh, Helen Murren, uh, Tom Wilkinson, and this name I cannot pronounce. Is Kier- it- Kieran Hines. Yeah. Kieran Hines, yes. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it's an, an effective little thriller. Uh, okay, kinda, cool. Because I've owned the Blu-ray for years and I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I, I will say you know gets, that old song and dance. <laughs> you have many of those. Um, would you say uh, like maybe fifty of those on your shelf, Matt? Maybe uh, about that. Yeah, yeah. Fifty yeah. titles you haven't seen. Um, but yeah, but this is one you should. Uh, Try to put it, it like looks, it looks pretty yourself. good. Yeah, yeah, I think it's decent. It, it gets kind of cheesy at the end, but uh, it's 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 a difficult. Uh, Most movies do. Yeah, um, I wish they had gone more serious than than what they did. It it, it kind of becomes silly, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I mean, Chastain in the debt. Like she's it's a yeah it's a right before her big breakthroughs in 2011 with like Take Shelter. What else was there? Uh, Tree uh, of Life. Tree of Life. The Help. Um, the Help. Yeah. Called Texas Killing Fields. That. Yeah. Uh, which. It, oh, something... the one that was directed by Michael Mann's daughter. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Uh, yep. He produced it and she directed it. Um, uh, expect me to talk about that pretty soon because I'll have to write about that and see that. Uh, but yeah, it's I. Not, it's not that bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll take your word for it. That's a uh, that's also, quote it's a, on the back of the Blu-ray cover. <laughs> it's, not <that laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> not for that Ma- bad. Hey, what you watching? <laughs> <laughs> for Matt Curione, who's that? Um, but, but yeah, it, it, Chastain actually acts. She's a vital part of the of the story. Uh, yeah, she's she's. It, 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 it's what I expect from a Chastain performance in the debt. <laughs> not so much in Stolen. So, yeah. Uh, that, the, so that was my Chastain viewing uh, for the last 24 hours. Uh, Will, have you seen either one of these? <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen the. I saw the debt um, theatrically, and I remember thinking it was, like, was the definition of decent. I feel like uh, John Madden directs a lot of movies that seem to qualify in that, where they're very handsomely made and well cast and just a little less than, you know, distinctly remarkable. Um, and yeah, she's pretty good in it. Um, and I even think it's probably one of Sam Worthington's better performances, because I feel like it's, it's, it's often so, uh, so much more common to rag on his sort of screen presence. Agreed. <laughs> oh, and she was also in Coriolanus in 2011, so... Uh, that That's quite the year, makes, yeah. Yeah, every movie that came out. May still there? Shit. Oh, we lost Marcelo. Did we? Uh, at least on my end. Oh no, I think we might have lost him. I lost him too. And we're back. Um, <laughs> the the my internet went out, so we stopped recording. Uh, the show just was uh, just screeched to a halt for like thirty. You gotta, minutes. you gotta, you gotta pay your internet bill, Marcel. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, so it doesn't I, just happen. I, I paid it for a month minus two minutes, so those two minutes dropped. Damn, they really got you. Okay, we're back. Uh, Will, uh, you had some good thoughts there on the debt. <laughs> um, so, but 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 now we're back. Minor interruption. 
But we're back. Uh, I guess let me just close out this Chastain portion of the show and say, um, Stolen, you don't need to see that. Uh, no, I didn't think so. But for, but, but for a worthy Chastain performance and for an overall, you know, decent enough thriller, see The Debt. Uh, it's on Netflix now. Um, uh, so there you go. Um, nice. If you're a Chastain fan, it, I think it's mandatory. If you got to get your fix... There you go. Do it. Might there. as well. Yeah. If if you're a Chastain fan. If you're, yes. I mean, if you're not a Chastain fan, what are you even doing? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, if you're not a fan, wanna, I don't know what to do with you. I don't even, even want to talk to you. I don't even want to know you. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Very pro-Chastain on this show. Uh, so, One would hope. Uh, that was Stolen and the Debt. Uh, who's next, Matt? I believe it's Will. Will, oh. you saw a little movie... I don't think I've heard of called Trespass Against Us. Uh, yes, and uh, I think it's it's fair that um, you might not have heard of it yet. It's been on DirecTV through A24's distribution deal since November, but it won't come out in theaters until January 20th. Um, Interesting. And yeah, they the, they pick up a fair amount of films that they will give usually like a month DirecTV exclusive to, and they'll get a big uh, push on DirecTV for pay-per-view and VOD until they come out properly in theaters. Um, and this stars Michael Fassbender and Brendan Gleeson as uh, father and son in a uh, small Irish town? English town? Now I feel uh, terribly unprepared. Um, who live a life of crime, and... Um, Fassbender has been following in his father's criminal footsteps, but does not want the same fate for his son, and it's about the kind of tension between the bonds of loyalty between his own immediate family and, uh, of course, the father who raised him and the community that seems to always get him back into trouble. Um, and it's it's got, a, uh, obviously, a very strong cast, and I think they elevate what's a pretty simple story about, uh, you know a bad guy trying to go straight and do the right thing, even though all the close ties he has are to the criminal element. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you said you saw it on VOD, Will? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, I will say it's the, uh, of, uh, compared to uh, Assassin's Creed, <laughs> it's maybe the uh, slightly more sensible Brendan Gleeson, Michael Fassbender collaborations of the past uh, year or so. <laughs> Brendan, Brendan Gleeson is in Assassin's Creed? Just they share about a scene together. And, uh, oh, okay. Wow. News to me. <laughs> um, is that, I mean, I, I've, 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 have you seen Assassin's Creed, Matt? Mm-mm. No. Uh, have you seen it, Will? I have. I mean, <laughs> I, I I had an interest in seeing it back in December, but I don't know, should, should people even bother with Assassin's Creed? <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting to see that, um, that level of pedigree of cast and crew applied to something so silly and they play it so very straight but I don't know that it's terribly exciting as even just an action movie I'm not somebody who is familiar with the game going in and so part of it is you know I applaud how they commit to these really brazenly ridiculous ideas that are translating from the premise of the game but at the same time I think just taken on its own as just like a, a generic uh, action junk it's I don't know that it's that remarkable, um, which is kind of disappointing because everybody's hoping that the next video game will be the best video game, but the best video game movies seem to be ones that aren't actually based on video games. It seems to be like Edge of Tomorrow or Scott Pilgrim or anything that resembles that kind of motif of levels and baddies and and training. Um, 
aliens. Instead of, right, instead of actually trying to uh, translate something that's usually ridiculous but but fun and immersive and interactive into a more passive movie experience. Yeah, so, um, and as far as I know, Trespass Against Us is not based on a video game, so that has that going for it. Uh, right. And, and yeah, I, I, my interest is, is into this now fully, so I, uh, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, I see here it, it has a release date of the 20th of January, so I'm, I'm guessing it'll make a theatrical run. Do you know that? Yeah, it, yeah? it should, at least limited theatrical, and it might also then be on other VOD platforms. A24 seems to change it up from movie to movie, but I think there's a, a fair reason why this not being a bad film still gets that sort of treatment as opposed to the full, you know, rollout in, you know, 2000 screen push and everything. Right, yeah, gotcha. Uh, so there you go. Interest is peaked. Uh, Matt, I mean, you're a fan of Michael Fassbender. And a fan of Brendan Gleeson, yes. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson, there you go. Uh, finally, a good movie with these two. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, because who remembers Assassin's Creed, right? Remember, I remember. I don't. I've already forgotten about it, and I just <laughs> talked about it for five minutes. <laughs> but remember, remember the movie called Remember. Uh, yeah, it's, speaking of A twenty four, this is another A twenty four. I think believe they just distributed distributed this. Really, uh, I watched. Yeah, they distributed this. Uh, I watched um, Remember, starring Christopher Plummer, directed by. I'm going to ruin this name. Atom Egoyan. Oh, that right? guy. Yeah, that's Adam, a name. Adam, Adam Egoyan. Okay. Yes. Uh, he he directed this, and uh, it's really a. Uh, like a melancholy look at revenge. Uh, Christopher Plummer plays a uh, Auschwitz survivor who, after the death of his wife, uh, enacts uh, the hunt that he planned with uh, his roommate at the old folks' home uh, to hunt down the Nazis living in America that killed his family in Auschwitz. Uh, and Plummer gives a really great performance here. He his character has dementia, so he's very not known of his whereabouts, and he's pretty much just following the orders that are on uh, a letter written to him by his uh, friend Martin Landau. Uh, this movie surprised me. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Uh, it's it's kind of haunting uh, when you look at the uh, current political climate of you know all these uh, alt right people or, or, or Nazis, as they were once called. Um, it's really, it's really something else. It's, uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now. It's uh, streaming, uh, and it's you could definitely take the ninety minutes out of your day and give this a watch. Uh, it's quite good. Uh, Christopher Plummer is great in it. Uh, Dean Norris makes an appearance, and it's always great to see him uh, show up as, uh, uh, in things, even when he's playing a uh, horrible Nazi. Uh, yeah, I. I dug this. Uh, I know not a lot of people did, but I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, this one hasn't been on my radar. Um, I think I, I walked by the maybe like the DVD box at Target or something. Um, but I uh, I'm interested. I mean, Will, have you seen this? Uh, no, I know it kind of uh, slipped under my radar. I, I think they tried to qualify it last year on the strength of Plummer's performance, and I don't know if they ultimately uh, did, and then it came out in March more generally, but it never played in Austin, and uh, since then I just haven't caught up to it. Yeah, um, but you say it's well worth it, right, Matt? 
Uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty effective thriller, and it's a really sad look at revenge. Uh, fun time, I'm sure. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a fun movie <laughs> at all. Um, but it it's something. It's something. <laughs> put yeah. that, yeah. Put that on. Uh, I mean, you're 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 providing very great pull quotes this episode, Matt. It's no, it's 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 pretty good. Uh, and uh, fun fact: the guy who plays Christopher Plummer's son is the uh, the jerk from Mission Impossible, uh, the Brian De Palma. He's like the the IMF head that they all go up against. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That the one who's not John Voight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Cool. But no, it's uh, it's it's pretty good. I liked it. All right, awesome. Nice, a nice surprise. Uh, speaking of surprises, there are some surprises in Happy Meals. Yeah, you get toys. You get toys. <laughs> that I'm, I'm proud of that transition. That was a good. That was a good segue. Um, <laughs> well, you saw the founder, right? I did. Um, it's the new filmed by director uh, John Lee Hancock, uh, starring Michael Keaton and. Laura Dern and Nick Offerman and John Carroll Lynch and a whole murderer's row of uh, character actors about um, the founding and more primarily the franchising of McDonald's in the middle hmm. of the last century across America. And it kind of feels like a, a, you know, it feels like that would be really ripe for a sort of a savage look at the ruthlessness of American capitalism yeah. and in, in grounded in something that we consider to be an institution in our country. Um, and it very much seems to be modeled very closely on the kind of uh, devious machinations of something like the social network, but um, it is missing two critical things, and that's David Fincher at the helm and Aaron Sorkin writing it, because even though Uh it's a really stellar cast, um, I feel like it's a movie that's plagued by all of the most fundamentally inoffensive and tedious choices and that's I think primarily because of director John Lee Hancock who did The Blind Side and The Alamo and The Rookie and Saving Mr. Banks and seems to specialize in movies your aunt loves and um, (laughs) it feels like this is a movie that could and should be kind of vicious about um, the the lengths that Ray Kroc went to in order to um, usurp McDonald's ownership from the original brothers who founded it um, but it also just feels like a movie that uh, doesn't really want to hurt the real people's feelings of anyone involved. Okay. So it ends up straddling this weird middle ground where it's trying to be snappy and quick, but it never really uh, – it do- doesn't really have any teeth to it, which is, is I think, fairly disappointing. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, they, that's a shame. They play it super safe. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I know people were looking forward to this – well, like uh, months ago, I was. Uh, yeah, uh, I know I was. Another Keaton uh, performance. How, uh, how is Keaton Will in this? He's he's all right. I had kind of uh, expected better because he's such a reliable uh, character actor. But I feel like his uh, characterization of Croc is so. Uh, flimsy, depending on what his needs in the scene are, that I feel like he doesn't really track as a character. He just ends up being as much of a um, no-holds-barred businessman as he needs to be when the story demands it. It doesn't feel like an organic, you know, evolution from this guy who's kind of like desperate, but going door to door as a salesman and like trying to find his in and trying to find his foothold in this kind of business. Um, to becoming this kind of like uh, mastermind of a fast food enterprise. Hmm. 
Well, that's a shame. Um, oh, yeah, because yeah, like the the big story around this was like they they, they delayed it, right? So they pushed. They, they kept moving the yeah the release. It was going date. to open in August, and then um, they pushed it to December or November, and then December out of hopes of uh, of again garnering awards traction, and uh, that hasn't really seemed to pan out for them. But the film, I believe, is still scheduled to open wide uh, next week on January twentieth. There you go. Uh, making a double feature with Triple uh, X, The Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> Another tale of capitalism gone awry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and uh, and what a perfect uh, release date for those two movies on that day, uh, Inauguration Day. Um, so fun. <laughs> Uh, oh, and you saw another, and, and I think this this one, Gold, is, isn't this one like based on true stories too, Will, this movie? Yeah, itself? and it, it's kind of, um, it's following the similar kind of Weinstein trajectory where they kind of snuck it in at the end of the year and have hoped yeah. that by the end of this January it will have garnered enough awards attention to uh, bring an audience to it, but I do think that similarly that's kind of uh, fallen by the wayside for them, but it's also another story of... Um, of business dealings uh, gone south, and it takes place in the 80s, although I believe the actual story it's based on was set in the 90s, uh, and it stars Matthew McConaughey as a um, gold mining um, pros- uh, prospector in the modern age, anyway, who goes to um, Thailand, I believe it is, and seems to strike it big there when where, where no one else is looking, and um, the sort of rise and fall that comes with uh, trying to... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, Indonesia. Um, that comes with trying to, um, again, satisfy a desire for um, more, more, more. And it's got. It also has an incredibly impressive cast. It's got. It's led up by Matthew McConaughey. Bryce Dallas Howard is his love interest. Toby Kebbell's in it. Edgar huh. Ramirez is in it. It's Corey Stoll. Uh, Macon Blair, the aforementioned Macon Blair, has a small oh, hey. supporting role um, coming up in the world. Um, Stacy Keach is in it. Like it has a killer cast, and it's directed oh, wow. by Steve Gagan, who did Syriana. I believe this is his first follow-up as a director since. Uh, let me double check. I think that. so. Uh, yeah, he's done some TV yeah. since, but um, it's just it's. I, I like it a little more than the founder. But even for being a movie about uh, gold mining, it kind of follows a similar trajectory to a lot of drug dealer movies or a lot of like post-Goodfellas movies where it's like, oh man, things were so great, but then the government came knocking. <laughs> and, and here's a bunch of you know pop songs from the era, and everybody's got their big hair, and Matthew McConaughey is really going all out with this pot belly and this awful hairline. And it's just yeah, I saw, the, I saw the trailer for this, and I was like, wow, McConaughey looks real gross. <laughs> perpetually like flop-sweaty. <laughs> um, and so I guess uh, the amount of enjoyment you'll get out of it is primarily from, uh, one, how much you enjoy McConaughey's kind of, like, um, uh, very uh, theatrical performance, and two, how much you don't mind that kind of formula of, like, man, things were going so great, but then everything fell apart. And this kind of follows those beats to, to, to a T. 
Oof, yeah. Uh, me, I saw the trailer too, and um, yeah, it just just seemed like that same old, same old structure. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a slimy McConaughey. Um, I'm always a fan, um, and the cast sounds amazing. And I have not seen uh, well. Uh, what was that movie that he uh, previously directed? This director, uh, Siriana. Siriana. So uh, he also wrote Traffic. Yes. Oh, there you go. Uh, so yeah, and and what, so he's, a, he's a soda boy. <laughs> soda boy. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta write that one down. Uh, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I, I was tricked into seeing War Dogs. Uh, so, so uh, fool you once. <laughs> I, I'm still intrigued by this. So yeah, uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. It has McConaughey in it, so that's uh, that's that. Yeah, I uh, mean it's an it's an easy watch, uh, but it certainly uh, follows that similar kind of formula. So that's pretty much uh, what you're in for with with gold. There you go. And do you know when that's releasable? Um, it's set for a wide release on January 27th, and uh, we'll see if the wine scene sticks to that. They can be fickle sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it seems like they... Because aren't they backing uh, Lion? Yeah, race? Lion yeah. seems to be their, uh, their big uh, play this year, and that seems to I be still don't, up as a... I still don't believe that's a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, I don't know why you have such a big thing against Lion, Matt. I don't know. It's just... I saw the trailer for it, and you easily could have tricked me into thinking that was, like, that fake trailer that went around a few years ago for, like, Oscar bait the movie. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it has, who is it, uh, Dave Patel, right? Uh, uh, Dave Patel and Nicole Kidman. Uh, yeah. And Rooney Mara. And uh, a lot of, a lot of Google Maps. <laughs> Sold. I, I I I love him every time he shows up, Mister Google Maps. I mean, oh, he's the best actor. And didn't you fall in love with that kid, Matt, at the Golden Globes? Oh, uh, he's adorable, right? Don't I mean? Still not sure he's a real person, but sure, because <laughs> these are all holograms, CGI creation. Come on, yeah. And it does have Nicole Kidman, Rooney Mara, so I'll probably see it eventually if it's a real movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that'll get nominated for a few Oscars, maybe. It'll sneak in Best Picture. Who knows? So I, I, I'm going to see it. I know that. So it's it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Uh, it's a it's a it's a dog eats dog world out there. <laughs> that was <Whoa>. funny. <laughs> oh, maybe like a dog eat lion segue or dog, I don't yeah, know. something about lions eating things. Or uh, slum dog, I... dog might have been like kind <laughs> that of rough, been. but. <laughs> Well, speaking of dog eat dog, I wish a lion had eaten Paul Schrader. Oh, um, shit. you don't you don't like this movie, do you? Oh my god! I this was the most painful ninety minutes that I spent watching a movie for my 2016 catch up. Why I even had any hopes for this thing is beyond me. Uh, this is not good. This is bad. Uh, this is very bad. Um, I've said it before. Uh, off mic, but I'll say it here. Uh, Nicolas Cage is always great. It's the movies that are bad. Uh, this is this is a disaster from start to finish. Uh, it starts with a complete non sequitur of an opening where Willem Dafoe is shooting up heroin and stabbing a family for some ungodly reason because she yelled at him. 
for looking at porn. That's that's how this movie starts. And there's weird animations that are like floating around his head because he's hallucinating because Paul Schrader just doesn't care anymore. Uh, <laughs> I think that's I think that's obvious. Uh, when Paul Schrader puts out a new movie, and I would rather watch his Exorcist prequel. That's a bad thing. That is a very that's a very bad thing. This was not good. This this is I really Yeah, here it is. I hate this thing. Um I am so glad I watched this on Netflix and did not pick up the DVD at Target for ten dollars, uh, because I would have returned it and caused a scene had they not given me my money back. This is uh low level low level trash town, folks. Um Go on YouTube and look up Willem Dafoe, and you'll get some some laughs out of it. But I cannot recommend this movie. It is an unmitigated disaster. When uh, when you say look up Willem Dafoe, you just mean in general or from this movie? Because uh... uh, in general, <laughs> look 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 up look up bloopers from him and as the Green Goblin. You'll have a much better time than you will with this. Uh, it's pretty bad, huh? Because you, you you were talking about this uh, offline. Yeah, and I didn't. I don't know. I mean, I didn't expect not so to, not so good, Al. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect you to hate it this much. I mean, from, I hate this movie from the maker of uh, the Canyons. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's better, it's better than the Canyons. Is it better than the Canyons? The Canyons. I have not seen the Canyons. I would oh, say I would yeah. I would I would go so far as to say that Doggy Dog is a mitigated disaster, <laughs> primarily because of Cage and Defoe, with the fact that. Cage is barely being the straight man to Defoe's yeah. crazy antics, and as a movie, it's a complete fucking shambles. Especially the last uh, five minutes or so. Yeah, what was that? I do not know, but uh, you know, it, there at least I feel there are, are, are profane, vulgar, awful highlights or lowlights to be had from it. Whereas I felt like uh, the Canyons was just a, a, a punishing bore. I still want to see the canyons, though. The canyons is bad. It is pretty bad. Carlo just Carlo just nodded at me, <laughs> uh, w- w- and now he's making the the, the it's bad symbol. With his hand. <laughs> see, listen to him, Matt. Uh, it's, <laughs> oof. Um, but I, I hey, you know, uh, you say it's on Netflix, right? Dog eat dog. Yeah, uh, if you wanna, if you wanna waste your life for ninety three minutes, watch Dog <laughs> Eat Dog, directed by Paul Schrader. I'm sure I've seen worse. But like I said, Nicolas Cage is always great. The movies are bad. Okay, okay. Uh, Fine. Um... I'm still intrigued. I, I'll be honest. Uh, so it's it's definitely a movie. It's definitely a movie. It's barely a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it has a beginning, middle, and end. I think. Sold. And, I'm, I'm uh, there. <laughs> uh, I it. I don't know. This movie just feels like they ran out of screenplay. Uh, and then for the last like 20 minutes, they're like, "All right, guys, do whatever the hell you want. Let's <laughs> let's wing it." Uh, so five stars, Matt. Uh, one. One How about star, that? One star. One star. And you know me. I love a lot of things. You do. You do. <laughs> Not doggy dog. But you also don't like The Witch, so. This is way worse than that. The Witch is Citizen Kane compared to this. Well, <laughs> anyway. Uh... Then again, so is my last bowel movement. <laughs> so, yeah, dog eat dog. Anyway, let's move on. Is your last bowel movement on Netflix? Can I see that there? <laughs> God, I hope not, or else they've been <laughs> spying on me. Uh, what? I mean, uh, I was trying to do like a shit joke tr- transitioning into Operation Avalanche, but I can't do it. They're all shit jokes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you also saw a movie uh, about an avalanche. No, kind. No, I didn't. But what I did, what I did do was, well, I watched Dog Eat Dog, which was one of the worst movies of 2016, and then I watched Operation Avalanche, which was one of the best movies of 2016. Uh, spoiler: This is going to show up on my end year list. Uh, this movie was awesome. Uh, it's the story of this uh, these two young guys. They work for the CIA, and they basically come up with an idea to save NASA and save that promise that JFK made to make it to the moon by faking the moon landing. Uh, it's all found footage, uh, and it shows you that found footage doesn't have to be all horror. It can be uh, it can be a th- an espionage thriller, which is what this is. Um, there's a really good sense of humor involved, but when things get serious, shit hits the fan and it hits it hard. Uh, there's your shit transition, Marcelo. <laughs> uh, no, this movie's really good. Uh, I loved it. I just watched it last night. Uh, it's directed by Matt Johnson, who I hear is... He made a movie called The Dirties, which is supposed to be very good. Uh, but this one is great. I loved Operation Avalanche. Uh, it has a really cool Stanley Kubrick cameo, which I'm a sucker for. And, yeah, this this is a lot of fun. And, yeah, I loved Operation Avalanche. It's really cool. And uh, fans of found footage and or, you know, space and NASA should definitely check this out because uh, it's a really good time and there's not one scene that's wasted in this uh, it, it, it get it gets intense pretty quick and it keeps up that tension I uh, I loved Operation Avalanche it's one of the best of 2016 awesome yeah I saw the trailer for this a few weeks ago and it really sparked my interest so I'm glad you liked it um, I loved this thing yeah I'm glad you loved it uh, uh, where is it available Matt uh, it just came out on DVD. Awesome. Okay. Um, uh, well, have you seen Operation Avalanche? I have, and I, I quite liked it. I saw it at South by this year, or last year. And, um, yeah, I, I like it actually a lot more than The Dirties, which I was kind of in the minority on. But this does have a similar kind of sense of humor, but it's in, in service of, I think, a more interesting story. And I think the found footage thing largely works, although there's one point towards the end where I, I had to very much question the logic of why characters would be filming certain situations. Um, but otherwise, uh-huh. I feel like it's fairly unique and clever, and um, and uh, I like what they're playing at, and so I think it's worth checking out because you're not going to see a lot of other films like it. Awesome. There you go. Uh, I'm there. Uh, I'll see it. Uh, yeah, it's really I think I think you'll dig this one, Marcelo. Awesome. Awesome. And I would hope that listeners would dig this as well. Yes. So it comes with a matte seal of approval. Operation yes. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a good in. That's my box quote. <laughs> it's a good in. <laughs> uh, 20th century woman. Uh, yes. Yes. This is a. <laughs> I, jump I, right, you're not even going to try. She's like, yep. All right. Other we, well, well, we we fake landed on the moon in the 20th century, and there were also some women involved. And they made a movie called 20th Century Women. <laughs> Great. Uh, I've actually been wanting to see this forever. It seems like I I was I wanted to squeeze it in before I made my list, but there weren't showing. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be released here in Austin until like end of January. Uh, but will you manage to see it? Uh, tell us about this uh, Mike Mills latest film. Uh, yeah, 20th Century Woman is from the director of uh, Beginners, um, 
for which Christopher Plummer, as we brought up before, um, <laughs> won his Oscar. Um, a film that I didn't uh, care for very much, and so I was surprised how wholeheartedly I loved his new film, which takes place in Santa Barbara, California, around 1979, the summer of 1979, as uh, Annette Benning is trying to raise her son, her teenage son, as a single mother with the help of the residents of the boarding house they run, which include Billy Crudup, Elle Fanning, and, oh, well, Billy Crudup and Greta Gerwig, and his best friend happens to be Elle Fanning, who is also kind of involved in their lives on a daily basis. And as a way of having Annette Benning kind of deflect her midlife crisis as a baby boomer who doesn't know what she's going to do at the end of the baby boom and with an empty nest when her kid goes away she kind of enlists everyone in their lives to help raise her son to be a good man even if he doesn't have a proper father figure in his life and so that becomes the driving force is that in order to kind of avoid confronting her own issues with with her life, she kind of foisted upon other people to be like, we're going to make his life a little better. And that works until it doesn't. Um, and it's a movie that I think really loves all of its characters equally and, and allows them to screw up in, I think, incredible ways. And uh, it doesn't feel very con- contrived. And it doesn't feel judgmental. And uh, I believe the script is very autobiographical based on Mill's own mother, which is something that beginners even touched upon. And... Um, it all feels very lived in and convincing and warm and empathetic in a way that also doesn't feel like cloying and corny. Because I feel like even as I describe it out loud, I get how it can sound off-putting to people where it's like, who wants to hang out with these goddamn hippies for two hours? <laughs> uh, but I, I do feel like it's, it's very, uh, I think all the performances are on point, especially Annette Benning, and there's a reason she's been getting the, the you know... Um, recurring awards attention that she's that she's uh, so deserved and um, yeah no I, I've, I've seen it twice now and I just think it's just completely delightful oh awesome awesome yeah I'm I, I'm excited um, yeah I'm no, I was, I was just going to say, each, each time I see... No, who's talking, Matt? Are you talking? You, I'm talking. You go. Okay, okay. You. What, me? You. You. Settle down, you 21st century men. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been the name of the podcast. Um, but I, I was just going to say, I, yeah, like I said before, I'm looking forward to this. Each time they, they show this trailer in theaters, it always gets a laugh. Um, I just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a well-made trailer. You get a sense of how great the characters are. And that cast, oh, Greta Gerwig. I love Greta Gorg. Like she's, Me too. She's doing amazing, amazing stuff. Like not only as an actress, but as like a, as a as a writer. I think that like she has a a directorial effort coming up soon. Uh, so yeah, I'm very much excited with what she's doing. So yeah, I'm sold on this. Like I'll, I'll be there day one. Uh, Matt, what, what, what were you going to say? I was basically going to say what you said. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh, no, like I've, I've really been looking forward to this. I mean, uh, the cast is awesome. I mean, uh, this is also, uh, I guess this will be the second movie I'm seeing within a month of it of each other that has both Greta Gerwig and Billy Crudup. Right. So that's going to be a fun little reunion for them. I mean, they don't share screen time in Jackie, but they're both in it. Um, yeah, no, I really love, I gr- love Greta Gerwig. I've loved her for years and uh, really looking forward to seeing uh, Elle Fanning as her career continues to grow. Um, yeah, she's terrific. <laughs> how do you, how did you each feel about uh, Beginners if you saw it? I I liked it. I liked it. Um, I wouldn't say I loved it. It was a bit too, 
I'm trying to find the right word. Maybe a bit too cutesy for me? Right. A tiny bit too much? Uh, I have not seen it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I liked it a lot more than you did, Will. But Well, yeah, it was I, kind of in that same vein where I found it kind of too twee, even though I felt like there were pockets of genuine emotion there largely uh, surrounding Christopher Plummer's character. Right, yeah. And, and and also, oh yeah, I forgot about the... They have a, a talking dog in that movie, right? Where he yeah, talks... That's wait, kind of what? what titles? The, the, the dog is subtitled anyway, or at least he perceives that he can read the dog's thoughts. And that was kind of the thing where I'm just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, and the thing is, I've seen people talk about how they think that this has a similarly kind of twee aesthetic, because there will be these, these montages of um, archival footage and of characters narrating and being like, the year was 1943, and this was happening, and that was happening... Or characters narrating from later on in their life, and I know that people think that kind of scrapbooky approach is kind of distracting or or just kind of um, cutesy, as you said. But um, I think it's necessary here to throw what otherwise seems like a sort of inconsequential summer spent among these people as being like a defining moment of their lives in the grander scheme of things, even if they didn't realize it at the time. And so I think that aesthetic works here uh, to much better emotional effect than I feel like it did in Beginners, where it really just felt like, you know, uh, a, a, a macaroni picture frame that Mike Mills made, you know, to hand <laughs> to, hand to, his, uh, to his, his dad. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 more sold now on 20th, 20th century woman more than ever. So, yeah, I really want to see this. Yeah, thank you, Will, for bringing us the the, the inside dirt on this movie. <laughs> Um, okay, hey, and I didn't, and I didn't know that beginners had a talking dog. This is very exciting for me. <laughs> I think, I think you'll like the movie. I think, yeah, just, just, just give it a shot, Matt. I think, I think you'll like it. It's another one that I own, but haven't watched yet. <laughs> that that feels like we should do a new segment on the show. Uh, <laughs> Matt's Matt's shelf this week. The movie he still has wrapped up on his on his uh, shelf. Well, it's open. It's, it's open. not like I. It's not like, not like I leave them sealed. Why wouldn't? Why would you open them up? If, why not? I don't know. I mean, okay, the, I buy them. I, I, okay, I have a few. I don't have fifty. I haven't opened. I have maybe like <laughs> ten or twenty. But I just leave them wrapped up until I decide to watch them, and I, then 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 that's when I open them. Oh no! So, I open everything. So you're gonna need a whole new podcast now called "So uh, Hey, What Aren't You Watching?" <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and you guys this talk about what you think. You'll think of those movies, but without ever watching. <laughs> and then the cover art's pretty good, right? Yeah. That's the Got best a quote pitch from some heard. Will Goss jackass. <laughs> yeah, that's going right on the shelf. Nice. Uh, we're gonna take that show idea, Will, and, and 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 we'll have you on for the first episode of. Hey, uh, we haven't watched this yet, but what do we think about it? Uh, we'll work on that title. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that title is a bit of an issue. I'm but not okay. going to go the titles. <laughs> Um, speaking of titles and shows, this has been a show, and this is the end of it now. Thank you, Will, oh. for coming on. It was fun. Uh, technical snafus aside, this is a pretty good show. <laughs> well, through the magic of editing, no one will ever know about it. Nobody this. will know. No, uh, no. Uh, but yes, thanks, Will. Uh, before we let you go, plugs, where can people listening find you online? Uh, I am on Twitter at William B. Goss, where you will find an overwhelming amount of movie-related puns. Um, and you can also find a link to my short film, Alarm, which was recently featured on RogerEbert.com. And I am working on another short for this year. So Awesome. awesome. 
Fantastic. Seek that out. And yeah, and congrats on that wall. I saw that uh, earlier this week, or last week. Sorry. Um, uh, I'll check that out soon enough. I'll probably do that right after the show. Uh, Matt, what about you, fine sir? As usual, you can find me on Twitter, at TheRealMattC, and you can find me on Letterboxd with the same name to see if I'm lying about what movie I'm watching. Uh, you can also find me over being the, the editor at TalkFilmSociety.com, where I'm uh, curating some wonderful content for everyone. Uh, this month, we actually have a uh, Giallo January curated by Ian West, one of our writers. He's he's a, a horror obsessive, and holy crap are these informative articles. I am learning so much, and I'm getting so excited to uh, pick up these movies and watch them. Uh, that's about it. There you go. Do that. I'm just going to piggyback and say let, yes. TalkFromSociety.com We're doing some good stuff over there. Uh, follow that. Oh, the Talk From Society Awards. Oh. Spe- speaking of awards and best of lists, uh, you, fine listeners, can vote uh, this annual Talk From Society Awards. Uh, go to TalkFromSociety.com slash vote TFS awards. Will, thanks again. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this this was a good time. Yeah, I, I hope you had a good time, Will. I hope so. Yeah. I, I did. Uh, Thank you again. For <laughs> uh, and with that, let's wrap up, wrap up the show, Matt, with our signature catchphrase. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Thanks for listening, folks, and keep on watching. Oh, yeah, that one. It's a bit. Uh-huh.